Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Awesome. So we can see each other. We can hope that Ween will be down for a bit. Oops. Is Mark not home? Getting my notes up. Oh no, he is. Okay. So he's gonna. But Mark made a point that we live in a condo, and Wayne occasionally likes to make noise when he plays. So we might be able to hear it on the recording. We'll see. It's totally fine little background noise it's that's fine i just i don't want to take you away from your duties like if no, you have to no, rush no. to his aid nah but if mark's there to help you then mark is here mark's been playing with him he can mark even make an time. appearance if he wants so. true well there is another wayne in this episode so <laughs> <laughs> he may need to Oh my God. I wrote, I couldn't help in this episode. I kept saying, writing his full name down. Cause it made me laugh. I hated the Wayne character Kellogg. so much. <laughs> oh my God. He was such a douche. He actually, but he d- wasn't actually in the show that much. Like, no, it was weird. He only had a couple no. scenes, but like, anyway, we'll get into it. I'm just, I don't like how my note was formatted here. So I'm just fixing it. I'm going to make sure that my notes are complete this time. Ooh. That would definitely be helpful, but you killed it last time regardless. I don't know about that. Killing it is like, that's an overstatement if I ever heard it. Oops. No, you totally did. <sighs> I stand by what I said. Guess what we did last night? What did you do? You went to a movie. We did. Did you actually? Did you go see the new Maverick movie? How was it? Woo! <laughs> Wait for it. Oh, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I've heard amazing things. Are about you it. kidding? It was like perfect it was perfect and it was like ridiculous and stupid but also amazing like it was amazing and they did a great job any of the original cast in it oh my god yes well i don't want to spoil it because it's like but there's not much to spoil what do you expect right it's yeah it's a top gun uh 35 years later like the fact yeah. that tom cruise looks the way he does is not it's just like Kelly. it's not right it's scientology <laughs> no it's like vitamins and i want to know oh, for sure plastic, plastic surgery. surgeon for like sure. i want to know who does the work on him because but he's in good shape too like the whole you have seen the original right I've seen it, but I have a very bad m- memory for movies. Okay. I don't know if we've talked about this. So like I've seen it. I, if I watched it again, I would remember it, but like, I couldn't tell you anything about it now. It is jets up there. Like in 1986 was when it came out. I was 
13 years old. It's like sweet spot Tom Cruise time. Okay. Oh, like yeah. I, oh, I lost you. Are you? He was muted? in his prime. Sorry. Pardon? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What happened? No, what happened? Shit. <laughs> Okay, I think it says it's recording. Can you hear me? Yes. Is currently host. Stay participant. Wayne woke up. Oh. Danger zone. Is Wayne in the danger zone? He's in the danger zone. I think Mark is going to try to get him to go back to sleep. He's All right. been napping for 40 minutes. So anyway. What a jerk. What what a cute baby. But oh my gosh, go back to sleep. <laughs> Honey, you spend every day with him. Like you need a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This has been this is a nice break. I just Mark's gonna <sighs> see. He's gonna play with him for a bit. Okay. See if um don't worry about any of it. I don't care about the noise. It's cute. Okay. The baby's fine in the background. Totally fine. <laughs> he doesn't cry very much, so. Should be okay. As long as he's not like screaming and stuff. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Then we're good. Okay. We were talking about the movie. I heard that. um, What'd you hear? I heard that all the actors actually like learned how to fly. Listen. For this movie. The. I am a bit of a plane person. I love planes and I've always wanted to learn how to fly. And the first Top Gun was directed by Tony Scott, who is a very famous, famous director and brother of Ridley Scott, another very famous director. Anyway, oh, they're famous okay. brother Ridley directors. Scott. Yeah. Ridley did Gladiator, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then like Alien and stuff. And then Tony Scott does like action stuff, but Tony died a few years ago and probably maybe less than 10 years ago. He actually... I don't know what the proper term is anymore, but he ended his own life basically oh, he from so depression. Sad. It was very devastating and tragic because he was very talented, all that stuff. So anyway, this movie is directed by some random guy who's known for like music videos and stuff. And, but he did a great job and yes, there was actual planes in this, like real F-18 like flying and, footage. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that Tom Cruise. I know that he has to have been in the last scene where he's flying his own little plane. Like, but I think he must have been perhaps in the cockpit with another actual fighter jet pilot and they would have taken footage, but it was amazing. Like the footage, like there's one shot. I'll just, I know spoiler, whatever, but it's worth (laughs) it just for the plane stuff because it's so cool. I know it's like, terrible because it's the military industrial complex and all that shit's like meh base it's entertainment you know like this recruiting for uh the navy and the army and everything but there's one shot where they they're flying the plane in this valley and then the shadow of the plane is on the like you can see the shadow of the plane it's just a really cool quick shot but it's so cool when they catch it like the plane and the shadow of the plane and it's going so fast and ah and you can feel it 
the G forces they go through, like the gravity force is amazing. Cause like you can actually sense it, like the pressure and it, it's, yeah, it's very just good. From the movie. I want to look up. There's this thing called movies for mommies. So, yeah. Like, you can go. It's you can awesome. Bring your like kid with you literally, like they basically turn the volume down a little bit and then you can bring your kid. And they let you like rock the baby in the aisle and like, just kind of yeah, walk around. Yeah, exactly. Like all these other moms come. So it's like, do you have to pay the same it. amount? I think it's the same amount. Mm, uh, I'm pay just looking at <laughs> what movie would be on this week. Mm. Yes. June 8th. Top Gun Maverick. Maybe that's, maybe I'll you go have on June to 8th. do it. It is so good that would be you awesome. can put little headphones on them if you have to but it's like yeah it's so sentimental and nostalgic yeah it made me cry wow val kilmer is in it and it made me cry because val kilmer is not val the val kilmer you know that we used to know anymore like because he suffers from he's suffering from an illness right now Oh, I, I don't know, know if it's life threatening, honestly, but uh, let me look it up. I don't want to be wrong about this because just let me look at here, but he yeah, was, no I love Val Kilmer and you know, him in Top Gun is just, ugh. okay. Personal life. Let's see. Relationships, reputation, political health. Here we go. Hospitalized for what is representative said we're test for a possible tumor he doesn't have a tumor so let me look here he has some kind of cancer oh he has throat, to use a feeding uh, yeah. tube to feed himself throat cancer that's so sad so he can't talk anymore and he can't eat properly or not he can't eat the way that we do anymore so and he's just not anyway and the scene this between is him. so cool, though. In 2021, after complex work, Kilmer's voice was able to be recreated through AI technology using archival audio of his voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did he talk at all in the movie? Yes. That's insane. Not a lot, but a little bit. And he and the scene between Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer is like, it's not even about Top Gun, right? Like, it's just like, I'm crying thinking about it. <laughs> it's very nostalgic. I'm feeling very emotional about it because it, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And I love how like John Hamm, you know, John Hamm from Madden, yeah. he's in it and he plays such a hard ass. He hates Maverick so much. And it made me laugh the whole time during the movie because he was such a hard ass. Every time he'd be like, yeah, mad at him. I start laughing and laughing because I just I know that John Hamm is like a really funny guy and he's really like he loves Tom Cruise and, you know, all that stuff. So so like seeing him in that role is probably hilarious, really angry at at Maverick. It just made me laugh every single time he would be such a bitch to him. And Maverick was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's whatever so i don't funny. care anyway i highly recommend it just i don't know it was just so and the guy they got to play a particular character's son i'm shocked at how much alike he looks to the original character what did mark and i mark and i just saw a movie that was like that as well we we're like how did they cast these people i know right what do we watch 
wild. It wasn't I Looper, was it? it? Was what? Which was it? It wasn't Looper with. Uh, it was not. No. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Okay, I want to know what movie you're talking about now. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I'll probably remember like halfway through our combo. Ah, remember it later. So, what about you? What are you watching these days? What do you want to talk? What do you want to catch up about? I, we started watching the Pentaveret. That was pretty cool with Mike Myers. It's really funny. Yes. Um, so we like that, but otherwise no, like Wayne has been crawling, which is kind of cool. So that's new. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we've been looking at houses. So we found one that we really liked and it's a little pricey. So we, but it's been on the market for a while. Like um bid date Where came and went it's at like york mills and dvp ish like on the oh, east side that's not bad you're closer like, to me yeah like a, it's a pretty <laughs> nice area so it the house needs a lot of renovation so we're yeah. considering it but we're not really sure because it's like basically we'd just be paying to get into the neighborhood that's like right so who do you know who can for. do renovations well Mark, <laughs> I feel like he has a full time like, job, honey. Yeah, that's the problem. So it's like we know a lot of people that can do different aspects of construction, mm-hmm. but it would be like on the side, part time. Like ultimately, this house probably has too much reno required. We want maybe something that like we could it's live ready to in, move in, and then exactly, you can fix and it up then do it little go. by little. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. would be a little well, bit better. Just keep looking. I mean, it, be patient. But yes. Don't be fooled by a low price tag either, right? So, yeah, exactly. Because that low price tag comes with, you know, $300,000 in <laughs> renovations. Exactly. exactly. Also, there was a house I was telling you about in my neighborhood that was for sale for $999 and went for $1.6. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's weird. Some houses are like, they list, they, the, they're listed for a price that seems reasonable. And then they go for that price and then others, it seems same thing, but then they go for like 600,000 over asking. There's no rhyme or reason. That's insane to me. It makes no sense. That's close to like, when you think about that, that's almost twice the price. Like it's very close to being double. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Cause like I had a friend who bought a house. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. I want to say less than 10 years ago she bought a house for 400 and change. Yeah. And now prices are double that in less than 10 years. Oh yeah. It's unsustainable. I don't, I don't know how the economy can keep up. Well, and even in, so I, I'm not making any more money. I'm not making more money. Like we're not the, the salaries haven't gone up. Well, (laughs) okay. So we can just keep talking and talk about the show. How's that sound? Sure. Let's do Let's it. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. And today we're going to talk about uh, Bones, season one, episode seventeen. We are, and I wrote down the wrong name, so it is called the Skull in the Desert. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of bikinis, why don't you start us off, darling? All right. Well, we're about to experience Hodgins and his um, element. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to solve a case by they, I mean, Zach and Brennan and Hodgins are in this, this room in the, in the lab and they are working on 
some case where some guy died eight months to a year ago. Um, Hodgins is not paying attention at all because he's noticing some pictures of Angela on the computer. She is on vacation currently with her boyfriend. Where we Where is he getting these pictures? They're just on the computer. I don't know where... I don't, they're just sitting on the computer. I don't know where they're from. It's kind of weird. It's very confusing. Very confusing. Very odd. He's looking at these computers. So he sees pictures of like Angela kissing her boyfriend, Angela standing with her boyfriend in the desert, Angela sitting in front of what looks like a green screen pool (laughs) (laughs) in a bikini, like stretched out, like, Hey, paint me like one of your French girls. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but he like, is, is he, like yeah oh. oh he's all over the bikini pictures for sure all over it he's like who is this he seems super jealous because he's yeah. like that's not a vacation like calls her boyfriend a pseudo an overpaid pseudo celebrity photographer boyfriend like is super rude about him anyway Hodgins is seeming jealous Picks up a video call from Angela coming in, which happens to be coming in at that time. This first scene is very odd. And starts this starts his conversation. Like she hasn't even said yet, like hi or anything. He's like, Hey, like, are you mm-hmm. using Crisco or butter for sunscreen? We're trying to figure it out. She looks distraught. Mm-hmm. She is, she doesn't even acknowledge Hodgins and asks to talk to Brennan in private which, okay, like, I get it. That's really sad. You're going through a tough time, but like Brennan has a cell phone. Do we need to be video chatting the lab? I, all of this <laughs> to me is completely confusing and unexplained. Nobody, it never, we never go back to this situation. I have no idea what's happening. Like, is he on the internet? Is, am I to believe that he's looking at some sort of quasi social media situation back yeah. in 2005 or whatever year every year it is like the beginning of facebook yeah and looking at pictures of angela that she's putting on this particular site also are we to believe that she can take off three weeks in a row from work every well, year i know she can honey like she can well, take all kinds of time do anything but <laughs> like is it in her employment contract how much vacation does angela get a year well, you know, the know. longer she hasn't been there that long either. Cause no, like Greg hasn't his, well, Greg's been in his I job get for three like weeks almost, of vacation. Greg gets like five or six. Cause he's God been at his it. job for 30 years. So <laughs> I've but been yeah. working there for 10. I've had my, Oh well, my God. You should have way more than three. Okay? I, so I've been there full time for s- six, for six years. Wow. I need to have a discussion. I don't. (laughs) Yes. I think you need to sit down with your boss who you probably have dinner with every week on Um, occasion. (laughs) (laughs) My thing was about the pictures of Angela in the bikini. Yes. I don't think, I think her head was Photoshopped onto that person's body. Oh, I think the whole image was Photoshopped. Like it, it looked like, (laughs) like, I don't think there was actually a pool there before. (laughs) Just like, the way I, she's sitting yeah. and like looking, it's weird angles for sure. Like, is she even on vacation? Well, she obviously is. We're but that's a whole episode. Well, this but. is how where we find out that she goes, yeah, this is her three-week vacation that she yeah. spends with this one guy. She has this yeah. three-week boyfriend every year. Okay. What a weird situation. 
to each their own. I hear Wayne. I'm just oh, creeping on you him have your on mommy radar right on. I have on my phone on my phone. I have this app. Yeah. Which shows like all of his activity. Yes. And, and I'm just I'm just curious what's going on in there. What's he doing? Oh, Mark is changing his diaper. It appears. Okay. Okay. I'll turn the camera back off now. I feel creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, sorry. So yeah, on this the moment. Mm-hmm. Next scene. What happens? We end up with Brennan on the telephone with Angela because she actually picks up a landline phone to call her. Yeah. And what's going on in this scene? Well, Angela is um, just, I'm having, so she explains to Brennan and this is interesting because at first like Hodgins doesn't take Angela seriously. Then Brennan is kind of dismissive. Like, oh, you got boy troubles. Like she's just being kind of flippant. And then Angela gets real serious, real fast and says, listen, here's the situation. There was a skull that was dropped off at the sheriff's office and Angela thinks that the skull belongs, or she has a suspicion that it perhaps might be her boyfriend's skull because he's been gone and missing for five friggin' days. He went out into the desert to take pictures and he hasn't come back. And I was like, what kind of vacation we, you see this guy three weeks every year and he decides to go out to the desert to take pictures yeah by himself kind of an like, odd situation like what is this vacation also we've never heard of this guy before no totally new <laughs> anyway, totally she's, new yeah she's, she's freaking out because kirk went out there with a guide and they're not back and it's been five yeah. days but then at the end of the call it's weird it's like brennan shows some concerns saying like okay yeah. so you think that the skull is kirk's and just by her saying that angela suddenly goes straight into denial yeah and is like you know what never mind you're uh, no it's de- it, it can't be him definitely not yeah. him i'll call you when kirk gets back and right. just like hangs up on her right but i love this part because yeah brennan kind of like after Angela kind of quickly hangs up on Brennan, like, forget it. I'm sorry. I called type of thing. Like, sorry, I bothered you. And then Brennan kind of thinks about it, puts the phone down. And then the next scene, she's marching out of the lab, telling everyone she's leaving. I'm going to the desert to meet with Angela. Like she's going to be there. Brennan is a much better friend to Angela than Angela is to Brennan. Thank you. She just dropped everything. Goodman is like, yeah. so you're going to not give me any notice and go on vacation in the desert? Like, that's wonderful. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and Goodman is freaking out. He's like, what the hell? You can't leave right now. You're but in the middle of investigating a case. Which they had already actually solved. So, like, do they milk some of these cases? Like, Goodman didn't even know that they had solved the case. Yeah, she's like, so, well, I already know the guy's name, how he died. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Peace I'm out. out. <laughs> she just literally le- like she's walking this whole time leaves them in her wake like it's like okay bye oh my god anyway so we end up in angela's jeep in the desert cut scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we don't know anything about what happened on the plane maybe she had right. a mimosa i don't know that's fine angela and her are driving and um for some reason brennan thinks that she can get she can turn on the radio which uh has total static because 
Apparently, they're about 100 miles past where Jesus lost his sandals, according to Angela. So this is like a foreshadowing moment where these types of scenes where it's like, oh, you can't get any reception out here, basically. No reception. It is they're in the middle of nowhere, just kind of trying to try to bring home that point. Um, We find out that Kirk was out with a that Kirk's guy that he was out with was their friend, Danny. Um, and Angela's still in denial because he's, she keeps, she makes, um, a point that she's kind of saying, you know what? He said he was going to be back for nachos and beer and he's very serious about his beer. So like, maybe there must be something wrong, but like, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, and it's just kind of like, at this point, we're kind of getting the sense that that skull may be Kirk or Kirk may be lost in the desert or. There may be something, something serious going on, something going on. And it's sort of like Angela's in that place of limbo where she doesn't really know. And she doesn't want to speculate because speculating is just like tragic. Like it's just leads to tragedy. So where they end up at the sheriff's office in Merville County. And who are we met with? We meet Sheriff Dawes, who seems like a one-stop shop. Because uh, he also calls himself the uh, morgue and he pulls out the skull that they're looking for. Um, but he is trying to coordinate a search plan at this time. When, when they come in, they're like standing there talking to him, but he's on the phone trying to coordinate a search plan. And mm-hmm. apparently he can't get a helicopter unless they have narrowed down the search area. So that in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they got to figure out how to narrow down the search area. Um, he doesn't really want to give the he's willing to show them the skull but he's not willing to have brennan send the skull back to the lab for analysis because she's not a cop Mm -hmm. Um, but she does get to take a look at it and Mm -hmm. she confirms a couple things so she knows that it's a male Mm -hmm. so cool that they can figure that out apparently that's just from like a the brow bone just by looking at the brow bone yeah like what's my brow bone like i don't know it's a good question (laughs) i'm like feeling my brow bone he this individual was between 30 and 35 angela is saying no no no, this doesn't look like kirk like doesn't look like kirk meanwhile she <laughs> sketches like she sketches photos oh, of people right. from skulls you're absolutely right so i'm like interesting. interesting they also figure out that this person would have the well they by they i mean brennan brennan figures out that it wasn't just something in the desert that caught him unaware she believes that he was shot and that was how whoever this is died yes that was that's sort of like our Mm -hmm. kind of moment before we go into our intro exactly (laughs) one day i'll get it Oh man. She, I just thought it was funny. Like they tried to weave, this is a very serious episode and they do try to weave humor throughout it. They do. 
when Brennan goes to look at this skull, first of all, he yeah. pulls it out of a box in a plastic bag. It's a Ziploc. <laughs> the skull is in a Ziploc bag. Like, welcome to the morgue. <laughs> oh my God. And then when she takes it out, she's like, oh, I got to put it down somewhere. So she asks, like, like, do you mind? Is Sheriff Dawes is holding a plate with a muffin on it. And yeah. he's like, yeah, no problem. Like offering her the muffin. <laughs> and Angela's like, mm, yeah, I don't think she wants the muffin. She doesn't want the muffin. <laughs> no, she needs the she plate. The plate that it's on. Exactly. Oh my God. What happens next, Kelly? Oh, well, they I go back carried the, away. It's no, they go back to the cabin where Angela and Kirk were staying. And Angela's really worried that it's Kirk's soul skull. Sorry. And I'm loving Angela's tousled hair in this episode, like her loose sort of curls and she's wearing a lot of denim. So it's like very relaxed. I'm liking her looks so far in this episode. And then we find out after they crack open a couple of beers that the guide that she keeps referring to is named Danny Weber and Danny is a woman. And she's apparently one of Kirk's models as well. So they work together a lot and she knows her way around the desert. She's very familiar with the landscape and how to get around. And then Brennan tries to comfort Angela because of how worried she is again, Brennan, good friend. And then Brennan or Angela sort of rejects her comfort and says, don't do that. Cause when you do that, it makes me think that he's dead and you have no hope. But then Brennan says, no, I'm, I'm trying to come like, you know, I know you're scared and I, I don't want you to be worried and I'm here for you and all those things. Right. So exactly. Then Angela decides to go to bed because she's had a bit of a day. This girl, it's been and a hard day. Then Brennan gets on the blower to booth. And I love, I absolutely like, he's just a ray of sunshine, isn't he? Booth's so wonderful. <laughs> He's like, well, he's standing in her office. So like we get to see what he's doing and he's standing in her office going through her files. Yeah. He's rifling through all her paperwork on her desk. She's like, what the hell are you doing in my office? Well, because Zach, as usual, won't give him any information without Brennan's permission, but I guess Brennan's not able to be contacted or something. So he decides to take it in his own hands. I don't, I don't know like why is he in her office? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, yeah. So sorry. So basically the purpose of Brennan's call is mm-hmm. to try to get Booth to go federal on the sheriff's ass because she needs <laughs> access to that uh, skull. Yes. And she also wants him to come join, uh, join her and Angela in this, uh, in the desert because now that they know that there's a gunshot involved, she's it's kind of pointing to murder. So they want to figure out, number one, is this skull Kirk? Which right. would help by look, being able to look at the skull. And mm-hmm. number two, regardless of who it is, like we have a federal case on, on, our, on our plate, I guess. Without right. a muffin. But it was so... Yeah. Without a muffin. It's so (laughs) adorable though. The way he's like, Oh, you have no jurisdictions as sheriff's right. Boom, boom, boom. And then she goes, I need you to come and get federal on his ass. And then the minute (laughs) she says that, Oh yeah. 
I'm there. He was all excited. I'm in. He was like, I'm going to do it. And <laughs> he so starts he, smiling he, like, okay. He starts smiling like, yeah, I can do it. And my favorite, I just want to, this is my favorite thing. And I'm going to totally like post a video of this. But the next scene is the next morning. And Booth walks into the cabin and he's got coffee and he's like, Hey, like he flew down and I, and Brennan's still sleeping and she's like, Oh, whatever. And Angela's so happy to see him. And I was like, man, if he brought me coffee, I'd be like, thank you so much. He has so much energy for someone who just caught a red eye. Like he is full of energy. Like all of those coffees are definitely empty because he drank them. (laughs) <laughs> i was like i was like marry me already like because he's just he just oh, shows yeah. up with coffee and and treats and he's just like full of beans okay and he's trying to get brennan out of bed because they got to go uh where do they have to go they had to go to danny's house right to go yeah because uh, they, they want to figure out. out they want to talk to her boyfriend and figure out what's going on there i just need to say though yeah where does he get coffee and donuts from because- i don't know someplace in town I thought that they're in the middle of nowhere, basically. It's just like this isolated, like tiny little town that I guess happens to have like a, a little coffee shop. I guess that's a staple of like any. Every any town place. has a coffee shop, honey. Yeah, I guess so. Don't Poor Brennan you is come still in for bed. Booth and his coffee. I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> needed to know. <laughs> but he, uh, oh my God. Yeah, no, you have to, you have to post this for sure. Just the way that he like barges in, she's still in bed. Like he throws a bag at her. She throws it back because she's like, I'm still sleeping. (laughs) But he's got his linen on. He's got his cargo pants. He's all casual. He's got his Ray-Bans. He's looking good. He looks great. He's like ready to go do his field work. Oh, he's in his element. For someone who was like telling her to back off this case a little bit or not back off the case, but like, yeah, the sheriff's right. Okay, fine. I'll come. He's very excited about this case. <laughs> and then Brennan's like, get out of here. I got to get dressed, you know, like, oh, where are you? I don't want you in the room when I'm trying to get dressed. And he's like, I'm not going outside. It's like a hundred thousand degrees out there. He said, I'll just close my eyes. <laughs> then he closes his eyes and bites into a donut. <laughs> oh my God. It was so great. It was the perfect scene, which is great because we have a very serious scene next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when brennan and booth go to we find out that his name is alex joseph's trailer that this is the boyfriend of danny the guide mm-hmm. uh they do not allow angela to come because they want to be able to ask the tough questions mainly questions like did your girlfriend run off with a model uh guide whatever or did your sorry did your boyfriend run off with a model guide whatever they don't have to ask that kind of question in front of her. Like, Hey, uh, Alex Joseph, did, uh, Danny, uh, run off with his lover with her lover. Sorry. Uh, the, uh, photographer who's also dating Angela. I feel uncomfortable saying that <laughs> they're just like, they're engaging in a little bit of banter, little witty banter between Booth and Brennan. And then Brennan is like, Oh, there's a dude with a gun behind us. <laughs> So Alex Joseph, they're standing in front of uh, this trailer and Alex Joseph is behind them and he is holding a shotgun or a rifle on them. He's very distrusting of law enforcement, it seems. And he kind of 
doesn't really give them the time of day. Once he sees that Booth has an FBI badge, he backs down, puts down the gun, goes inside the trailer, grabs a photo, comes back out, gives it to them, and then slams the door in their face. <laughs> like, but Danny's not, before, not here. Yeah, Danny's not here, but not before Brennan whispers to Booth, let's let's take him. He can't shoot both of us. Like, she's like, let's rush him. <laughs> Booth is like, oh, why don't I just show him my badge so we don't just die? Settle, that would be great. Down. <laughs> like, no, you can't get a gun also, just to oh. clarify. He didn't say that, but I know he was probably thinking it. So what's the photograph? Whoa, you took the words right out of my mouth, Kelly. It is a photo of the sheriff and mm-hmm. Danny. So mm-hmm. at this point, it looks like the sheriff and Danny to Booth and Brennan. It looks like sheriff and the sheriff and Danny are involved in a romantic relationship, potentially. Doesn't Which, look so good. Yeah. Kind of yeah. jumping to conclusions, but. Well, that's what he still. does, right? Yeah. The side, the side plot line, like the side story in this episode is wonderful. And we're about to get a first glimpse at it. Yes. And I am impressed because some of the side plots or B plots have been terrible. This one was interesting because it was actually character building and i appreciated that so back at the lab simultaneously uh hodgins hodgins (laughs) is working away diligently and he's listening to music in his headphones while he's looking at the skull that was sent back from the desert yeah zach walks in on him all pissy because he's taking so long with this skull and he wants to do the work on the skull he's like you're not allowed to listen to music while you're working brennan says it's you know it takes away your focus and then Hodgins takes his headphones out and goes, Brennan's not here, man. <laughs> and like, then screw off. Basically tells Zach, yeah, to go fuck himself. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and Zach says he's going to go tell on him like a little <laughs> schoolboy. And I was trying so hard to figure out what the music was that Hodges was listening to. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out. It was the very French. It was obviously yes. French. I, I don't know like, what it was though. La, 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 like kind of la, random. La, 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 you... Rose. <laughs> like it was like that kind of fucking music. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would have placed him as like a heavy metal fan. To be no, honest. I would have placed him as like experimental or like math rock. That's what I would have picked. <laughs> math rock. Like rush or like, you know, okay. really complicated in like complicated uh what's the word where they like do, metallica uh, no that's not complicated like super experimental plick block 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 okay like yeah no i could see that pretentious like scientific yeah, he kind is of pretentious music. <laughs> i just he's a rich guy yeah okay maybe opera right. maybe opera i'll give you this one but he is really picking at zach and very much point trying to point out to him like i am the one with the power here yeah you're only dr brennan's assistant and you don't carry much weight around here without her here so too bad you have to wait yeah it's too bad you don't have your phd that you're only a phd candidate but um Mm -hmm. yeah bye it's like shoe fly shoe exactly oh yeah which is fair i feel like that's how things work like in offices and Oh. The labs and stuff like 
seniority rules, right? And I bet you like in academia, I can imagine it would be even more, what's the word like ruthless almost. Oh yeah. I feel like we should have had my sister on this podcast. She just did her transfer from, she was doing her master's at U of T university of Toronto in physiology. She just completed her transfer to the PhD program. So you can choose to either complete your, your master's, like finish off your master's uh, or you can transfer to the PhD program and then you use whatever time and like your thesis or whatever, whatever you had done in your master's, it counts towards your PhD. So it's a little bit less time. What's she going to do with that? She wants to be a researcher. So she would work at like a lab, like either what she was saying is she'd love to work at like a fertility clinic and like help do testing on like embryos and stuff like that. Her focus for her PhD would be, she's thinking maybe she would focus on something called preeclampsia. So some women, when they're pregnant, they get this like very high blood pressure. There's a bunch of other symptoms that go along with it, but it's extremely dangerous. Like you can, they often you have to deliver early because of it. So she, she's focusing on female reproduction anyway. So there's stuff that she could do like to try to help advance, like come up with a cure for preeclampsia, which is not even close to having something like that. But she, I think that scene made me think of her because she's a master's student and she works with PhD students. And so she finds that like, they always get seniority. They always get to take, like when it comes to like using the lab materials and stuff, or if she needs to use specific things in the lab, they're like, well, I'm working on my PhD. Like you'll have to wait happens in real life. I'm only listen. I'm I'm listening to you because there was a show called the Nick. Have you ever heard of the Nick? It's an HBO type show. It's probably sounds familiar. Anyway, it was, uh, it starred Clive Owen playing this surgeon in the early 1900s in New York city at the Knickerbocker hospital. And it was called the Nick and it's all about like, it shows very graphic kind of medical procedures in that time period. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like, cause there's some issues with high risk pregnancy type okay. people yeah. who, like die on the operating table on the show. Yeah. And I think preeclampsia was one of them. Like, oh, I think that was certainly one of the things they, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like it's because been... that's when you said preeclampsia, I was like, is that part yeah. of Nick? <laughs> oh, she literally. So she was telling me that this has been around, like they've known about it for hundreds of years, but they just can't figure out what causes it. Yeah. So, so this is something that he encounters this particular surgeon oh, for he sure. keeps losing patients. Cause he's like, oh, like, you can't get it together because yeah. it's not working and they have no anesthesia. They have no like way of sucking the blood out or doing anything. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how like rudimentary their medical procedures are and it's quite yeah. fascinating if you don't mind a bit of graphic stuff like that so. anyway regardless uh, yes scientists are snobs there you go they can be for sure my <laughs> sister is like oh my god she loves what she's doing but well they do they're very educated right so they've yeah. been through the ringer plus like there is a hierarchy like you were talking about like just this whole thing especially with like doctors and residents yeah and blah, blah, blah. it's a lot of you know you ever watch the show scrubs it's like very yeah it's tough it's tough you have to be really tough to do oh it. yeah oh 
so back at the sheriff's office, Booth and Brennan confront Sheriff Dawes w- about his relationship with Danny. And he's sitting there like, oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> turns, out, turns out that Danny, the guide and model, is uh, the sheriff's half-sister. Like they're yeah, Maybe we don't jump to conclusions about romantic relationships. <laughs> Just because they're sitting next to each other in a picture doesn't mean they're having sex. Okay. No. And they're <laughs> at a restaurant. It looked like a Montana's. Like, like <laughs> oh my God. So really, it turns out the sheriff really doesn't like Alex Joseph, who's Danny's boyfriend, because yeah. he's a real deadbeat criminal. And um, I just thought Alex Joseph didn't look like much of a criminal to me. No, he, very, he didn't like, look like a criminal to me either scrawny guy he didn't look yeah. like he was on any drugs he looked perfectly no. healthy and he had a gun he did have a gun but i think most people out there have guns yeah i i'm with you he doesn't seem like on the surface i would not have uh, i wouldn't have thought that he was someone who got arrested for assault and narcotics but no no that's fine unfortunately for angela we find out something horrific in this scene yeah. We, Brennan gets a phone call from Hodgins and the DNA results are in the skull is for sure uh, Kirk. Yeah. Which makes me question, like, Angela, like I was saying, Angela does drawings of people from their skulls. So yeah. I think, and I think she does confirm it later, that I think she knew all along that it was Kirk. She was just in denial. Well, um, that's pretty normal, I would think. Oh, I would think so too. It's just, it's so sad, but what is interesting, what, yeah, you don't want to think that it's your partner, right? So interesting though. I did not know that this was even a thing and we're going to dive into it in a couple scenes, Mm -hmm. but with something Brennan asks, Zach makes a point that they found specific um, markings on the skull, which would Mm -hmm. indicate that coyotes had gotten at the skull and not, not just any coyote, but a coyote at least one of the coyotes that was getting at it had a malformed jaw. Is yeah. Unusual bite formations. So Brennan says, uh, t- says to talk to Dr. Goodman to get a naturalist involved, which I didn't even know what that is. Right. But it's, we're going to talk about it. And it's so cool that they yeah. can like, it's wild. Use this to figure, anyway, we're going to talk about it. It's so exciting. The other thing that they found was peyote in Kirk's, uh, system so they're kind of thinking okay there's drugs in his system he was shot execution style perhaps this was related to drugs right um, right the, the fact that he died that way was related to du- uh, drugs i feel horrible for brennan at this point because she has to tell angela the news yeah but i just want to before all that she has yes. to tell booth and the sheriff that they did that the definitely the skull is Kirk's. The sheriff's yeah. really, really, really upset because yeah, his sister is missing. And yeah. he's like, what the hell? And Booth yeah. tries to console James. Sorry, he tries to console the sheriff who I'm just going to say now because I'm going to go crazy. This guy who plays the sheriff, his name is James Parks. He is an amazing actor. He's been around forever he's worked with quentin tarantino david lynch he's worked with so many i'm just trying to think what else there's somebody else he worked with that was really really freaking cool and i'm trying to look i wrote it down here oh john sales david lynch quentin tarantino so he does character acting and that's so cool i had no idea 
he's in, he's one of those guys. He's just in so many things and you, he's unrec like he's different. He's like a, a chameleon, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm like a just, fantastic actor that doesn't just get typecast. I don't know how they find these people. Like he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, the, so there's happy. a lot of really, really fantastic actors on the show that guest star. But I was thinking too, like actors got to act like he's going to work regardless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cool though, that he would go from like being in TV shows to mm. having these huge roles in movies. I think well. he went back and forth. Like yeah. he did both all the time. Like he just took the jobs regardless, but he does, he's such a great grounding part in this particular yeah. episode. I found like he was really effective. I, I oh, thought for sure. I thought so too. Just the way he's, that he, he challenges Booth. He challenges Brennan a little bit. Um, yeah, but he's not a caricature. Like he was. No. He wasn't like a douchey cop. No. Just not no. your regular like sheriff. Uh, he's a great actor. Really great actor. Really great character. They wrote the character well. I'm sorry. This next scene. <laughs> this is so funny. I want you to talk about it, but I'll probably interject. Go. Please do. So Booth and Brennan are, so this is their SUV scene. We're in Booth's <laughs> SUV, which I guess he's renting because he wouldn't have driven down, but it looks like his car. Anyway, that's fine. So they are driving along and oh my gosh, Brennan doesn't know who Dr. Phil is. Just uh, going to put that out there. So basically they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're thinking Booth is thinking that he's going to call, uh, call the FBI and see if he can take over the investigation. Brennan doesn't think that's a good idea because she thinks that the people that live there. So the Navajo and other individuals that live in this town, that they're distrustful of outsiders. That if you got someone to come in, that if they get him involved, I see you wanting to say something. That basically they're going to not tell him anything and they're going to be like, screw you, whatever. And he's like, okay, are you Dr. Phil? That's how you figured this out. And she's like, oh, is he some kind of expert? Oh my God. <laughs> the thing I, she calls them desert dwellers. Yes. They she compares <laughs> the people who live here in this particular desert. I think it's Santa Fe, right? In the United States of America. She compares them to <laughs> desert dwellers, like from other regions of the world, like in Saudi Mongolia. Arabia and Africa and yeah, Northern China and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man. She's such <laughs> she an anthropologist. She can be a little obtuse sometimes. Well, she's like an anthropologist, right? Yes. So she just, she can't help herself. But I just also want to point out as much as you hate Booth's orange sunglasses, <laughs> I absolutely despise Brennan's sunglasses in this episode. Oh, they're so bad. You definitely have to post they, about that. Like, who they're horrible. told her those looked good? I don't know. No, I don't understand. Honestly, I feel like this is something I've seen a lot lately too. Like these sunglasses. Like, have you seen a Kardashian in sunglasses recently? Like the skinny ones? Like yes. The I'm like, style? what is that? It's no. like a Matrix style. You don't look sunglasses. like a fashionista. You look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the Hunger Games. You know how the people used to dress really like crazily and do all yes. this plastic surgery. It's the same. It's, we're basically same turning thing. into like Hunger Games land. Living in the Hunger Games. I volunteer for tribute to buy a home in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I will give my home to my son. 
but I will die <laughs> in the lake or by some kind of poison leaf I eat. I don't oh, know. Whatever. This makes me want to rewatch the Hunger Games. I know. Okay, well, we, should, they- <laughs> we should do that. We should also figure out who supplied Kirk with peyote. That's well, what we're going to go do. Right. But they first have to, uh, we got to talk to Angela. Yes. Yeah. And tell her to break, break well, the news to her that Kirk is dead. And then Booth, Booth was so good. He's just like, I'm sorry, Angela, but I got to ask you some questions. Like, yeah. But, and she was good too. She's like, yes, like, of course. She knows what's going on. She's yeah. not being crazy about being part of the investigation. Yeah. So he need, he wants to find out about the peyote that was found in his system. And she eventually gives him the name of their friend, Wayne Kellogg, who, who is a much drugs. worse person than Wayne Joseph Elsner, my son. <sighs> God. Who's an angel. Wayne Elsner is adorable. Wayne Kellogg is apparently a very important artist from the area. I don't know what that means. Like Santa Fe, I feel is full of these types of people. Yeah. Who think that they are very important artists. Oh yeah. So we meet Wayne. What happens? We meet well in this, I guess as part of that. Yes. I thought, it was interesting. They basically like they ask her, "Did you do peyote with with Kirk?" Right, and the answer is obviously yes. But she kind of skirts around it anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. But okay, so we meet Wayne, not the good one, not the baby, uh, not the baby. Um, and basically, he says, "Like I don't deny that I've participated in the peyote ritual several times. It's a spiritual experience, but." And you can see that I have a deep spiritual connection from my art to the Navajo. I can't. I can't with um, this guy. Booth <laughs> is not buying any of this. We're not buying any of this. Kellogg is like shocked that Kirk is missing. And not only missing, but that he's dead. Danny, he's asking, he asks very quickly about where Danny is, if Danny's still unaccounted for. And they're trying to get the name of his drug connection because they want to see like, okay, one level up, like maybe they're the ones who are involved in the death of Kirk potentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, When Brennan looks out the window, they notice that there's a vehicle there and Mm -hmm. this vehicle is kind of like a Hummer. Right. Um, And they're asking or a Humvee, sorry. They're asking about the, the uh, vehicle he claims that he lends it out to people all the time. In fact, Alex Joseph had just borrowed it and he had went looking for peyote. Right. So Booth Although, figures that when they re- encountered Alex Joseph at the trailer the day before or whatever, uh, I don't know if it's the same day. I can't remember. They figured, oh, Al- Alex said he was out looking for Danny, but really Booth thinks, no, he was looking for a peyote. And yeah. I love how Brennan in this scene totally calls Wayne Kellogg out for culturally appropriating the Navajo when he's like walking 100%. around his palatial residence going, Oh, I'm spiritually connected to the Navajo. And oh yeah. I, you know, and she's like, no, you're not like, you're basically just stealing their shit and pretending it's like just a, a white anyway. dude, <laughs> just a white dude culturally appropriating their art. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Sorry, so Mr. They- Kellogg. Yeah, after they talk to Wayne Kellogg, who's sort of 
weaseled his way out of this conversation, they decide to go back to Alex at the trailer because they saw him with this vehicle earlier. So let's say, well, let's got to talk to Alex again. So they went back to the trailer to look for Alex and then they find him on the ground next to his gun. And I couldn't tell if he was dead or not. Like I wasn't sure if he was dead during this scene. I couldn't tell. Fortunately, we will find out he is at the time. I think he, they basically find him unconscious. I think he's in a little bit of a coma or something. Uh, yeah, but he's been beaten out. up very badly. <laughs> right. But he had his gun. So is there someone mm. who shot somewhere? I don't think so. But it's no. odd that he... He had his, his own gun, gun lying next to him, but he was completely beat up. And then, so Booth yeah. and Brennan go back to the sheriff's office and they're interrogating the sheriff again. And the sheriff has no time for this. He's like, screw yeah. off. Like, you want to hang out and talk to Alex when he wakes up? Feel free, but I'm going into the desert and I'm going to look for my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Now we come I to think, your favorite part, I think. Well, I just thought what was interesting, we don't get a lot of scenes like this, but there was between them talking to Kellogg Mm -hmm. and then going to the trailer, there was a very short scene. No, there was no dialogue, but just a booth driving his SUV down a desert road. Yes. I thought that was interesting that they like are showing like, okay, we we go from one location to the next now, instead of just like Uh. jumping to the next scene. Yeah. It's a good transition. Either that or they're trying to fill the time. I doubt it though. I'm sure they're just trying to show that they went to this place instead of assuming, but they didn't say they were going back to his, was it? Did they say they were going to go see Alex or did they just say, did they just show them driving and showing up there? I think they just show them driving and then showing up there. They kind of insinuated it a little bit because they said like, Oh, Alex Joseph was the last one to drive the Humvee. Right. So that's an interesting storytelling device that they don't use very often. So they Mm -hmm. showed us, they didn't tell us that they were going to do this, which, which is very effective. I think in television to just assume your audience is intelligent enough to discern that this is what's happening. You know, Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting. Sorry. So so what you were saying, so this guy, Alex Joseph, he's still unconscious. They have to wait to start talking to him, Mm -hmm. but now Booth is being his regular FBI self. And he's saying to the sheriff, listen, like we got to find Danny. You're, you're right. Because maybe Danny is the murderer. Yeah. And sheriff, the sheriff Dawes is like, absolutely not. She would never hurt anyone. You're insane. And Booth keeps pushing. I couldn't believe it. This is such a <laughs> Brennan thing to do. So he, he keeps pushing and says, you know, like maybe she called up her brother the, the big sheriff and said, no, this photographer rate me. What do I do now? Yeah. And maybe you're involved in the case. Um, oh, I never, I don't remember this part. Oh my God. It was like, it was so it, the sheriff at that point shut him down and was like, okay, dude is unconscious. And when he wakes up, then you can talk to him. And like exactly what you said. Yeah. So when he wakes up, you can talk to him, but I'm going to search for my sister. Yeah. And go screw yourself. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was has, interesting. Sorry. No we're back at the it. Jeffersonian though. Yes. Um, you were asking what's next and this is the coolest part ever. So this is the naturalist. Uh, the naturalist is there in the Jeffersonian with Dr. Goodman and yeah. the naturalist's name is professor Inez, I guess. 
Mm. They're reporting back to Brennan and Booth while they're in Angela's bungalow, uh, hanging out with a laptop. And we're finding out that they actually track these coyotes, these packs of coyotes, um, in this region. So they use, uh, GPS collars. So they actually know they were able to pinpoint exactly where the coyote with the wonky jaw was. Yeah. Um, and like where his wolf pack is, uh, but it was actually about 10 square miles away from, or no, sorry. The range is only about 10 square miles. I think was the idea, but they were able to figure out, okay, so this is where he, they would be. And then based on where the coyote is now, and based on the fact that they are with females and baby and pups, then you would find this type of bones, like smaller bones, the rib cage to be in a concentrated area, mm-hmm. but the males would have moved away some of the larger pieces. So the, 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 based on that, they're able to kind of narrow down where they might find these body parts, which is exactly what they needed to be able to bring in a helicopter from that scene we were talking about before. And I was like, man, if Goodman wasn't married, he'd be boning down this check. Cause they were oh, like yeah. giving each other some googly eyes while they're talking about those coyotes. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, I was like, come on chemistry for sure. Oh yeah. They were like, totally. I bet you, wouldn't it be funny if we found it in real life that they actually got it on? Maybe. Or like they're married in real life. <laughs> um, I'm going to look that up while you, uh, Oh, you're going to make me talk about Angela and Brennan's heart hurt. Fine. No, I'll come in. I'll come in. No, no I, I wanted to, I was glad to find out that they had running water at this cabin. Oh yeah. That's, that's very helpful. They also have coffee. Don't forget. Yes. Um, so Angela is totally beating herself up at the, at this bungalow that she's, um, sitting in with Brennan. She is coming to terms with the fact that Kirk has died. She's been with him for five years. So three weeks a year, 15 weeks in total. Um, and Brennan actually is quite empathetic toward her and kind of tells her like, everything's going to be okay. That's more, you got 15 weeks where he was just yours and you were just his. That's more than I've ever had. Um, and she kind of, she appreciates the comfort i think or or her words yeah um but then she kind of turns her head toward wondering if danny could still be alive and now she's kind of worried about how danny's doing and if she's out there alone and she decides that she wants to come and help brennan and booth and the sheriff and whatever team is going to be out there that she wants to help them search for kirk's remains and mm-hmm. she wants to help search for Danny because she was a friend and she wants to help find her and make sure that she's okay. I just want to say Michaela Con- Conlon, is that her last name? Yeah. Conlon. <clears throat> this is a strong episode for her. She does a great oh, job. Big time. I think really that she, good. this is a redeeming episode for Angela as a character, very yeah. character building and but I'm like, man, if this was me back in the day and my boyfriend just was like fucking murdered, I'd be so drunk right now. I'd be like shit faced and like crying. I'd be a mess. Yeah. I'd be a goddamn oh, yeah. mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just kind of sits. She's just kind of like wallowing 
Like she's just sitting there. She's not doing anything. She's not going anywhere. It just seems very like chill. Like does Kirk have any family? Have they been notified or are they trying to figure out like who murdered him before they contact the family? Like what's happening with that whole situation? And it's, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of insular thing, but I just find like the way she's behaving is like super chill considering, (laughs) considering the situation. I wonder Uh, if it's because like not to excuse her behavior, but like, uh, they have this skull, which must have been shocking to begin with. And then, but they haven't actually found the rest of his body yet. Not like he's going to be alive considering you can't survive without a head. He's not a chicken, but <laughs> um, she's also probably so concerned about Danny that it's like hard for her to grieve completely. Well, because it's unfinished. Get a bit more grieving at the end. There's like an open-ended. Yeah. Like you said, she's in limbo. Like I said earlier, she's in limbo. Like yeah. it's more limbo, not just that now she knows Kirk's dead. Yes. But now we have a missing person and it's not finished, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She can't, I feel like she can't really grieve yet. That's right. So we do get Angela mm-hmm. and the searchers out in the desert in the yes. next scene. Right. So next um, day in the desert, everybody's looking for Danny. All kinds yes. of people from the community are coming out and we have a moment where everyone's taking a water break. We get to see everyone's desert fashions. It's very fun. Brennan has her bucket hat and her horrible sunglasses and a big <laughs> belt on and long cargo pants. Whereas Angela's more sort of uh, culottes and long boots and scarf belt situation. She seems very at home in the desert. So she, uh, Brennan and Angela have a little chat about how much Angela loves the desert and Brennan is on the fence about the desert, I think. And my favorite, I'm kind of with Hodgins on the whole desert thing because he he doesn't understand the desert and why everybody loves it so much. Yeah. And I'm very much like, I don't get it either. Like, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it either. Also, I don't understand. Isn't it hot? I don't know why they're all in like long pants and long shirts. Is that like desert... Yeah, I would wear long pants uh, because yeah? of uh, bugs like scorpions oh, or like I need snakes, lots of snakes okay, and true. sunburn as well. I wouldn't want to be sunburned. May as well just cover up. I always but- cover up when I go hiking in any environment because you just never know. You got ticks and snakes and bugs and all yeah. kinds of shit. Bramble, okay. like if you run into I mean, prickly plants. Brennan was, or yeah, sorry, Angela was wearing a bikini out there. But she was by a pool. She was by scene. a pool, though. I think today she's it's wearing different. long, like sort of knee-high boots, so she's okay. Yeah. It's, Regardless, it's fair that she's wearing that. What Booth and the sheriff talk about? Who would have beaten up Alex? Yeah, and the sheriff is reveals that he believes that the people from the community, the native community in the area, would have beaten him up for selling peyote to a white man and like sort of what's that disgracing the ritual or something yeah yeah but basically but but then booth is like well what would have happened to kirk like could they would they have done something to kirk because he's taking the peyote but apparently that's a white man basically he's a white man then he's the sheriff's responsibility so they wouldn't have touched him right so he kind of clears that up which is helpful yeah, they do find a bunch of things during this, like while they're chatting, there's a few people off screen that say, oh, we found 
we got something come over here come this way Mm -hmm. um they find a few things the most interesting to me is the fact that they find um a camera or angela finds a camera she sees she sees something glistening in the in the distance and walks over wraps her scarf around it and, and grabs it because she she wants to make sure that the film which appears to be exposed uh doesn't get any more damage right so that hopefully she can what is that word develop develop thank you develop <laughs> the photos Jeez. yes and brennan of course points out the obvious like this might help point towards his murderer exactly yeah hopefully and then like maybe just like next- a photo like just a quick snapshot of like the face hey of the murderer you never know man that's one <laughs> thing about cell phones now they actually they're very helpful like in terms of pinpointing things and because oh, i sure. know everyone complains about how their like big brother is listening and everything but at the same I time i don't have anything to hide go ahead i who nobody gives a shit about no. what's in my freaking email like my seriously answer, my life is not that interesting it's go so to boring it's so boring <laughs> you want to see 14,000 photos of my son, even though he's only you six and a half see months old. Three-year-old emails from the Bay offering me 50% off. No. Exactly. Like whatever. 50% off. Man, I gotta look through my emails. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh man. Uh, oh, okay. So, so we are, where are we? We're at the we're back at the office, sheriff's right? office with my favorite actor, James Parks. Yes. And uh, I'll just say uh, he wants to send the filmed off film off for examination and develop it and stuff like that. And Brendan and Booth and Angela are there trying to talk him out of sending it away because it'll take too long. And he's Booth and Brennan are trying to sort of pull on his heartstrings a little bit by saying, you know, it, this doesn't make any sense. It's going to take so long. We'll, we'll lose time trying to find Danny. So then Dawes, the sheriff, doesn't want to give Angela the film to develop because she wants, she's offered to develop for him. And he's yeah. like, no. So then Booth and Brennan Booth picks up this sort of uh, what's it called? This cue. He picks this up and he goes, Oh, Brennan, uh, we got to go. We got to go interview Wayne Kellogg. Uh, you know, he's making all this money somewhere. He, how could he afford, you know, a house in LA on the ocean with like a $120,000 painting? Like he must be making money some other way. And, Brennan does yeah. not know what's going on. And then it turns out, so Booth and Brennan leave to go to Kellogg's and then Angela figures out that Dawes actually considers Angela a uh, suspect. Yeah. Which I can understand because she, he doesn't understand their, their, he doesn't understand this relationship. He's like, you're worth more than three weeks, a, three weeks a year. And he thinks that Kirk had put that limit on their relationship only mm-hmm. to find out that it was actually Angela that had put limits on the relationship. Kirk actually wanted to marry her and she's now beating herself up because she thinks that he deserved better and that she, she basically just screwed this whole situation up. Yeah. That she should have just gone with it. And she really, she really makes her case that she Ugh. just wants to help find Danny and mm-hmm. that she is the best possible person to develop that film and basically begs him to give her the camera uh to develop the film and it works he gives her the film and she heads off to develop these photos that will hopefully help pinpoint the 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 perpetrator yeah but this scene between these two is so good like it is 
James Park, like for somebody to be able to play off of James Parks like that, and she really held her own in the scene. Like she was very good, very convincing. It was super emotional. This particular episode's very emotional because like he's dealing with his missing sister. She's dealing with the death of her partner or boyfriend or whatever. And they're like conflicted and worried and trying to help each other. And then also this, that, the other. And I just thought it was really, really good scene by both actors. I did a really great job and I felt it. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was, it it really tugged at the heartstrings. Like she was really making her case. You could tell that he like really actually sympathized with her. It was, it was really good. And I just want to say, like, he does say a couple of times in this conversation, how you were worth it. You know, you were worth more than three weeks a year. And, you know, he recognizes her value and all this stuff, but it didn't come off as creepy. Yeah, exactly. It came off like he was very respectful. Like genuine. Yeah. yeah, That he actually cared for her. That was interesting. Anyway. You're totally right. Which a lot of those comments otherwise would come across creepy from anyone else. It would have yeah. sounded really creepy, like Hodgins, for instance. Yeah, but Hodgins will grow on you, so maybe hey, not. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> okay, well we're back. Booth and Brennan, although they use that to get out of the room with Angela and the sheriff, they really yes. do go question uh, Wayne Kellogg. And we find out actually that Booth has uh, Booth took out applied for a warrant and he checked out his assets and tax returns because he's saying you aren't successful enough to have the property that you have. So what's the deal? Um, Brennan finds these like engraving plates uh, with all these different like floral patterns on them, and she's kind of like these aren't native designs like what is going on she is so sneaky yeah takes a little photo of these plates accuses him of basically because he's he's just some white man so she's saying like you're stealing native designs all of it is just stolen this is weird you got these weird engraving plates they don't go with the rest of your artwork because all the other shit's stolen you basically stole all this artwork and then you got this weird engraving plate like what's up with that like what's what's going on yeah i know (laughs) oh she really just says it like it is eh oh i loved her like just being so harsh with this artist oh yeah i loved it (laughs) she gets a phone call from angela yeah and angela was able to develop a few usable images Mm -hmm. what's interesting though is that she made a couple prints and then sheriff dawes ran off with all the negatives and Mm -hmm. with the prints and we don't know where he went yeah he starts acting very weird like he found something in the pictures obviously because he quickly takes them all away from angela runs away yeah and so booth and brennan leave kellogg's place after the weird like threatening warrant conversation yeah and they go to the sheriff's office and the sheriff is at the office with the photograph so what was he in such a hurry for i don't know it was just a very strange situation so they go back to the sheriff's office like i said and he does, he says he doesn't have, I don't have to show you these pictures. He just, he's trying to, I don't know what he's doing. He's just, he's very defiant in this moment. And then he wants to get Alex Joseph, Danny's boyfriend to show them 
Like, cause in the photographs with Danny and them, there's a particular rock formation that's quite unique. And yeah. he thinks that Alex Joseph might know where that is. Exactly. But Booth is concerned that if he shows him the photos, that if Alex Joseph is the murderer, that yes. he could just tell them, oh yeah, that's 300 miles from here and send them on a wild goose chase. But the sheriff is like, okay, you know what? Like, even if that is the case, at least we've made an effort and all we're missing out on is a goose chase and we've only wasted a goose chase and take a gas. So what harm is there to do that? I know this is one of my favorite lines of the, like, I have a few favorite like lines in this particular episode when he says that, oh, you might, you know, if Alex Joseph is your murderer, then he's taking you on a wild goose chase. And then the sheriff goes, yeah. So then we have our murderer and we went on a wild goose chase and wasted a take exactly. of gas. Like, yeah, I just loved how he was it's so kind of a win-win matter of fact about it. Like, yeah, so what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> Get over it. Yeah, no, I thought, anyway, it's interesting that they kind of yeah. do team up a little bit. We don't get there quite yet because we have our little B plot line. Right. Back at the lab, we have Hodgins and Zach, who are Hello, still Hodgins. having, <laughs> <laughs> they're still having a pissing contest about whose oh job God. is more important, basically, while they look over Kirk's remains that they, that were found in the desert. And Goodman is there kind of mediating this weird dispute because, you know, Hodgins wants to look at the remains before Zach looks at the remains and Zach is yeah. like really upset and they're arguing their points like I need it because of this and Zach needs it because of that and then Goodman finally decides that actually Hodgins is going to look at the bones first and this was my first indication that something was up yeah because Hodgins like Zach leaves after he's like that's the wrong decision yeah to Goodman first of all like standing up to him which is insane that's right. really not Zach. And Hodgins is just grinning. I know. Like, but it what didn't feel like a haha I won kind of grin. It was like a grin, like, I'm up to something kind of grin. You think so? I thought so for sure. No, I, I thought like he something was grinning because he won. Because he won the argument. You think? I don't know. Maybe because I knew where this ends up. I was maybe thinking too far into it but i thought for sure i was like this isn't just like I oh that's an interesting take because it could be you're right it could be like he's playing a weird mind game with him yeah like okay what we like our plan worked like it's working okay like okay oh i see where you're going i see the plan that we don't know about because we haven't gone there yet okay (laughs) okay oh my god okay everything about this next scene is so sketchy to me like i like okay yeah we've only wasted a goose chase and a tank of gas but yeah we're maybe also stuck in the desert by ourselves because spoiler alert for the end of the scene the sheriff drives away (laughs) with the car (laughs) he just drops them off by the rock formation and drives away and booth's like hey wait a minute where's he going and they're like oh he's just gonna drive around and look for his sister he's like how much like we're five hours away listen the thing that yes thank you the thing that i could not believe was that they said they had been in the car for five hours yeah five hours of driving when did they start this day though like like when did they go to Kellogg's house? When did they go? That's uh, true. 
this must be the next day. That has to be the next day. But they can't, it can't be like, how are you letting your, your sister who was missing? Like you should be looking for her all day, every day. That's true. That's true. That's what I was. This is just like a really long day. It's like a 48 hour day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they find the fiction. Yeah, they find the rock formation. They pull up to the rock formation. They get out of the truck. The sheriff gets back in the truck, drives away. And Booth is very concerned about the amount of water they have because he, he thinks the sheriff has abandoned them. Oh, yeah. It does not look good. This whole no. scene, I'm like, oh, no. And I didn't They're know, like, how like, much water do you guys have? Uh, they only have, like, what do they, they have one? thing of water like, yeah, they have like little bottles of water yeah right yeah <laughs> They're not each prepared. of them has like a small plastic bottle that's it and then brennan caught uh repeats what angela said from that first scene yeah and says that like i'm worried because we are way past where jesus lost his sandals <laughs> <laughs> and then booth is like well i can't hear the truck anymore so fuck yeah they feel yes, we're out here and they're trying to figure out how much time it takes to walk to Mexico, walk back to town, walk over here. Yeah. They're like trying to find how many days left they have to live, basically. Oh and then God. Brennan spots some evidence of blood and some dragging. Or no, sorry. They first see the broken down SUV. They see no, no, a broken good. down truck. That's it. So they yeah. see Kirk's truck just sitting there and they check out the truck and it's completely screwed. All the cables that they need to drive it are completely disconnected. Yeah. And that's when Brennan spots evidence of blood and dragging. And then Angela walks away because it's like super triggering and upsetting. Yeah. And Booth and she starts talking, okay, Booth. And she goes like, oh, he was hit over here. Blah, blah, blah. And Booth's like, Brennan, Brennan, like yeah. simmer down. Like keep it take it. Don't get like you're being a Angela. great friend. Let's not ruin it. <laughs> well, Brennan's just excited to find She's evidence. doing her job. Yeah. Like for oh, sure. the victim was kneeling here. This is here. The body was dragged this way. I felt yeah, then, so bad. I did too. But then she quiets. She, then Booth tells her to simmer down. So then she walks over to Booth and starts whispering like, oh, it looks like this happened and this happened and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then Booth out of the blue spots a bunch of tire tracks. And he starts running. Yeah. Like a mil- military man. Oh yeah. And then Brennan starts running after him too. And they realize where they stop. So the track stop, he points down and is like the track stop here. Yes. And then they realize that there's a landing strip. Yeah. And Booth is like, I knew this was about drugs. Mexico's 80 miles away, like pointing in a direction. I don't know. Um, and thank the Lord. Sheriff yeah. Oz is not the murderer. He shows back up with his truck. <laughs> this is another confusing moment for me because. Yeah. Apparently, Angela snuck off while they were looking at evidence and found the sheriff and they drove back to meet up with Brennan and Booth. But like there was no explanation. Yeah. And you think you would hear the truck coming that or he would have said, yeah, I was just checking to see where my sister was like, you thought I left you here like you're crazy, like no kind of acknowledgement of that. So I just thought that was really funny that it was sort of left to the viewer's imagination. Like, okay, I guess this is happening now. Yes, he's back (laughs) and he found out where they were. 
even but Brennan does kind of poke fun at that kind of at that concept and she's she does say oh only Angela could get a ride in the middle of nowhere <laughs> like, how did Angela even come across this guy where'd she and now find they found him? yeah exactly they do have some hope that Danny could still be alive she's been out there a week but they really they did think that she had a few canteens of water with her so it's possible that she could be okay and somehow he's able to by he i mean the sheriff is able to use his radio back to the um sheriff's office and he's talking to some lady named sandy thank you sandy who can hear him loud and clear on the satellites wonderful and he basically says like we need to have someone slap some cuffs on alex joseph but they have no idea where he went well the reason they're thinking alex is involved and wayne kellogg actually because yeah they found vehicle tracks in the sand that were this is these are the vehicle tracks that uh booth followed to the landing strip and they're yeah. very similar to the Humvee. He thinks yes. they're the same size as the tires. So they're like, let's get the car. Let's get Alex. Let's get Wayne. Yeah. Let's, let's figure let's this out. Let's test everything. Let's bring everyone in. And they're going to see them back in a few hours. And I don't know about you, but when I say a few hours, I mean three hours, not five. So maybe it's just a faster drive back. <laughs> oh boy. This is cool though. No. So they're doing some luminol testing on Kellogg's Humvee. Apparently any bloodstains should flare bluish green when luminol hits them. That's very yes. cool. Mm-hmm. There's so many little, little details in all these episodes, like things that we yeah. get to learn about forensics. This is a, it, it's a bit horrific though, because, okay. Uh, surprise, surprise. They do find blood and it would appear that they tied Kirk's dead body to the hood Mm-hmm. And drove him for 200 miles and then dumped him for coyotes. Right. Yeah. Cause this is, they Not spray great. the truck inside and out. And then Boo says, they think, oh, there's nothing here. Boo says, spray the hood. Cause he thinks, like, what if they strapped him to the hood? And they're like, no, yeah. they wouldn't do that. Like he was a deer or whatever. And they're sure enough. And Greg was watching this with me at the time. He thought, oh, it's perfectly formed blood stain. Yeah. <laughs> shape of a human body on the Stayed hood. Stayed that way the whole time. And I was like, I wonder, like, if that would be the case if you had a deer on your hood, if it would be in the shape of a deer, you know? What oh, I maybe. Mean? I don't know. That would be interesting. interesting. We don't need to do a test, but interesting. Booth is but very proud of himself. He's very proud of himself, except they realize, okay, wait, he wouldn't. He wasn't driven two hundred miles. The track stopped. Right. So then they think, okay, wait, the body was driven mm-hmm. to the landing strip put into the plane and then per Zach's analysis, which took him a long time to get back to Brennan. And she talks about how she's very unhappy with him because it did take so long. Right. They would have dropped Kirk out of this plane about 200 miles away from where he was actually killed. Yeah. Uh, Insane. I liked how the B plot sort of overlapped here yeah, because Zach's on the phone with Brennan. This is when they figure out like, actually, no, they didn't drive him that far. They dropped him, like you said. And this is the first time, well, where she really true admonishes Zach for not doing his work, which I think yeah. is really interesting. Cause I mean, 
Oh boy. Like when she said that to him, like he was, we're going to talk Zach, this took too long for you to get back to me. We're going to have a talk about this. When I get back, I was like, Ooh, Oh, it, oh. it was like, I felt oh, for him. Like, I, it made me remember all the times I thought I was going to get fired. Every time I got called into my boss's office, you know, like you just, those moments where you think you're going to get fired. I'm sure. Well, you have, you're in a different situation where you are. You probably will never get fired. Hopefully not. It would be very you're bad like if the I Hodgins of your accounting <laughs> firm, basically yeah. much less rich. <laughs> <laughs> you will never be fired, but I've like, I have a paranoia that I'm going to get fired all the time from my jobs. It's this crazy, even like, even though I have my own businesses, I think I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, I feel like that's normal. Like just the anxiety around. I think it is actually that... normalize. So. Normalize being anxious about getting fired guys. Normalize, normalize anxiety in general. oh i think we're pretty normalizing of anxiety now i I mean especially surrounding getting fired all the time it's like yeah oh yeah and it wasn't until honestly until i got sober and i kind of examined my fears and my thoughts around that stuff because it's all based in fear and uh insecurity and all that stuff right so i'm just like oh i i let myself feel that anxious for a moment but then you know i go oh you idiot like it's fine yeah like everything will be fine. Everything will, everything will go on. And Zach needs that conversation right now because he apologizes. To Poor Brennan. Zach. Yeah. He apologizes to her and Hodgins is listening to this conversation. And when Zach gets off the phone, Hodgins says, you could have just told her the truth, but I held yeah. you up. And then Zach's like, I got work to do. Like he just left the room like, and didn't acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're part of my problem. Exactly. Oh, poor guy. Oh, I just, next? I feel so bad for him this whole episode. I agree with you. Zach is, uh, he's showing this part of himself. It's interesting. I just, I think it's interesting. We're getting a lot of Goodman in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like it. He's part of the A plot and the B plot. Yeah. So he's, he helps participate in the A plot this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are back at the sheriff's office. Um, they're talking with, uh, Brennan, uh, Sheriff Dawes is talking with Brennan and Booth. Um, they're kind of talking about, okay, this is what happened. Booth is saying kidnapping is a federal offense. So it's an FBI matter now because it would appear that your sister potentially was kidnapped. Yeah. And Brennan's cell phone rings and we get a little talk with Goodman because she had sent off the photos from her cell phone of those engravings, of yes. the engraving plates. And they aren't some Navajo or native commission artwork. They, based on Goodman's take, they are actually currency. Like they're engraving plates for counterfeiting currency. Yeah. So he is, by he, I mean, Mr. Kellogg is up to no good. And specifically, Mm -hmm. he is helping counterfeit Venezuelan, the Venezuelan $500 bill. So we know how he can afford his house in LA now. Yeah. Don't we? Yes, we do. So we have to bring Kellogg in for questioning. Next scene we have Kellogg is he's sitting next to his lawyer on a tiny couch in the sheriff's office. The lawyer is a big man. 
he's just he's a very big overpowering dude sitting next to Wayne Kellogg and this is interesting because uh Wayne Kellogg comes clean about the counterfeiting immediately oh yeah and he wants immunity from the murder of Kirk and he's willing to give up the guys who are coming in from on the landing strip basically oh yeah He's like, I'm going to give away my associates. Uh, I'm going to tell you all about my counterfeiting ring and I want immunity for the murder. And then Sheriff Dawes is just, he does, he says, no, it's not good enough. Basically. He says, tell me where my sister is. He's very upset. Yeah. I love, I love the sheriff. So his reaction is absolutely perfect. Like I, I agree. I agree. He grabs Kellogg. Yeah. And pushes him against the wall and is like, you're messing with my sister. Like, mm-hmm. well, the lawyer has to step in, obviously. Like, sorry. Well, but- and then Booth pulls him away, soothes, he calms him down. Yeah. And Wayne leaves. Like, they have really nothing. Well, he doesn't know can't. anything about where she well, is. Well, he doesn't know where she is at all. And they, they, yeah. I don't know why he leaves. He should be arrested for counterfeiting, but regardless. Yeah. And then Booth says to the sheriff, I love this. He goes, you know, I was trained as an army ranger. Let's go out to the desert together and find your sister. Like he's yeah. willing to just go out there and just do a real, uh, real search. Yeah. No What's, bullshit. Uh, well, we also got our, at least once per episode reminder that he was trained as an army ranger. Yes. Of course. He's a highly qualified individual. He has a special set of skills. Exactly. What I think is interesting is Booth and Booth and the sheriff, just the, the way that their relationship developed over the course of this episode, I found the sheriff to be very uninviting toward Booth mm-hmm. in the beginning. And we're now at this point where Booth is really reaching out this olive branch to help find his sister. And he's his his attitude toward Booth has completely changed. Yeah, like Booth, I don't know. He's normally he likes to throw his weight around and like I'm an FBI yeah. agent and all this stuff, but he's being really backseat about this and letting exactly. the sheriff take the lead. I found that really interesting, but I would too yeah. if it was James Parks. Oh my God, the best actor. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, James. Do whatever you got to sure, do. Bro. You take the reins. <laughs> so what happens? Uh, let's move on. We're back oh, at the lab. I need you to talk about scene. this. I need you to talk about this. I it breaks my heart though. Ugh. We do find out that Goodman and Hodgins are up to no good. Mainly Goodman and Hodgins is, is his pawn. But Goodman is telling Zach that he needs to get his doctorate and you have a first rate mind. You can't be assisting Brennan forever. He looks completely crushed, like mm-hmm. absolutely crushed saying because Goodman is really beating him down saying if you expect to win any arguments you need to have at least one doctorate (laughs) um oh my god I just feel so bad for him so Zach walks away he's completely crushed Hodgins comes in and Hodgins is like I really hope this is necessary I really like the guy which is the first time he's actually acknowledged that he likes Zach he's usually picking at him all the time but Goodman had hoped to make Zach a bit uncomfortable and kind of push him a little bit because he stopped working on his thesis completely. Yeah. Yeah. He's enamored with Dr. Brennan. He's just very comfortable where he is and they mm. need him to finish his PhD. And very bluntly, Goodman says that he needs 
Mr. Addy to grow up. That's yeah. it's time. I oh. love this scene though for Goodman. Yes. This is the kind of manager you want. Like he's mm. he's not he's more concerned about Zach's future. And Zach is like worried about leaving Brennan and having to move on because he yeah. really likes it there. And like like Goodman said, he's very comfortable. He needs to get out of his comfort zone. He needs to move forward with his career. And yeah. we need to be the people to do that for him by pushing him out of the nest yeah. in a way. And uh, I loved Goodman in this scene. I thought he was, uh, and the fact that Hodgins and Goodman were talking to each other like yeah, that. Yeah, they usually hate each other. So the fact like that they, they were, were like, working together. They were equals, like peers in that moment. Yeah. It's interesting, eh? What I thought also was interesting about this scene is it it pointed out to me that Zach is a student. Yeah. And that Zach is not a permanent fixture on this team. Yeah. Which I hadn't even considered the lab without him. Yeah. But they make the point that he's a student there and that he would have to reapply for a job basically once he's done with Brennan. Yes, because another student will come and fill his position yeah. as an intern yeah. or whatever they call that, a research Which assistant. Which leaves an incredible opportunity for the development of the show, which we will talk this about. This is later. something I don't know. I don't know this part <laughs> because I only watched it up to season two, uh, yeah. up to the end of season two. So I don't know what Zach does. I I was thinking about it though. Yeah, don't say anything. She is uh, Brittany's miming, zipping her mouth shut because I don't <laughs> want to know anything. I just I was thinking about that. Like, huh? I wonder who they're gonna bring in, and it'll be it'll just be in. I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really oh, looking yeah. forward to it. My favorite character on this entire show, and he's not like a squint. But he's and he's not introduced for seasons, but he is incredible, and I can't wait to get to that point. Um, <laughs> but just it makes me think like, oh, there's other characters that could be on this show. Ooh, so I exciting. know. I love rewatching shows. Like I haven't rewatched like other shows I've rewatched. I love being reintroduced to characters I love. Like there's a yes. show called The Wire that every time I watch it, I get reintroduced to all these awesome characters. And I'm just like, oh, I, and sometimes I'm jealous of people who haven't watched it yet. Cause then I'm like, oh, you get to meet them for the first time. And then I get, I sometimes I'll miss the character. Like, I'll, oh, I really miss that character, you know, cause they oh, yeah. killed off or they moved on or whatever. So yeah. it's just, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I mean, we got a lot of show left to watch. So there are a be, lot of episodes. That'll be cool. We have lots to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> The end of this episode, I'm not a very spiritual person. So the end of this episode was a little out there for me, but I still appreciated it. So we will talk about it. Yeah. So basically they, they resume the search for Danny. Booth is true to his word and goes out with Sheriff Dawes, Brennan and Angela also joins them as well. They got to a very specific point. And then they decide that we're they're gonna walk in different directions. Am I jumping ahead? Because they they kind of figure if depending on how much water she had, let's try to get in her mind which direction would she have walked from this point. Because they know okay, this is approximately where the altercation happened with Kirk, 
and she would have been there. So where would she have gone Mm -hmm. from this point? There's four of them. So they decide to each walk 15 minutes out in a straight line. Mm. And Angela is just completely overcome with emotion. She stops walking at at this one point and she Mm. sees an apparition of Danny walking past her into a rocky area. Yeah. And Brennan approaches her which I thought was odd because Brennan was supposed to be walking. Weren't they going the other way? Exactly. Anyway, but Brennan approaches her and says, and and Angela turns to her and says, Danny went that way. And they search that direction. And sure enough, they uh, locate Danny among the rocks and they're giving her water. And you can just see like the relief and the worry just wash away like from his face. He's just Mm -hmm. so happy that he's found his sister. She does appear to be obviously in need of medical attention, but she is alive, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. I just thought that it was kind of interesting that that, that's how they, that's how they chose to end that component of the episode. Because we do still have a conversation with Angela and Brennan and Booth. Right. Which I really want to talk about, but I, uh, this was very quick, this sort of finding Danny piece. And yeah, Yeah. I hear you. She had an app, saw an apparition because an earlier conversation she had with Brennan was about how Kirk talked about the desert and how you could see things in the desert. Like it, it sort of opened up your mind and all these things. And I mean, you can get an instinct. You can get a feeling. I mean, I'm not against that. Like the universe shows you all kinds of things every day, like about yeah. what direction to go and, you know, what's happening, what lesson you're going to learn that day, whatever. So I mean, I'm not totally against that. I am not a person who has ever seen an apparition, even in the Same. middle of a trip on acid or mushrooms. I have not seen a damn thing. Yeah, I have not seen any apparitions. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not that lucky, but yeah, I know people who have. Like, yeah, my partner Greg is a guy. Like, you'd be surprised, but he's yeah. one of these dudes that sees things. And okay. before he met me, he had a dream that he was on a beach, and the name Kelly was written in the sand. Whoa. And then he met me like the next That's day wild. or the next couple of days. Like he'd yeah. have things like that. Or when he does, when he meditates, yeah, he does that whole thing where he sees colors and there's all the auras and all the crap. Right. And I'm okay, just like, wow, I get really mad. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't get to see that. I don't like, get any I, of that. I'm sitting here meditating like a fucking asshole like, i can't meditate for shit oh, i'm I terrible at meditating my mind wanders like, <laughs> distracted i'm like what the hell i'm uncomfortable this is terrible shut the hell up and then you know i've had people who are very adamant or very uh, uh vigilant meditators who tell me that i'm actually doing it right i'm the one who's oh. actually like going through the process of you know being frustrated and thinking too much and like that's part of the practice is like that's helpful that's good to know tame that the people who see colors and the auras and all that crap they're like you know it's not reality yeah like i can't do that they have special skills i guess he he's kind of like i'll be honest like i know it sounds crazy i know no not at all 
he does have like a sensitivity and he can yeah. like, he has instincts that are super strong and he has yeah. feelings. Like he gets feelings where it's like, I knew, I knew that was going to happen. Like I had a bad feeling about this yeah, or X and Y, like he'll go, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. He yeah. kind of manifests shit. Like he's a lucky so guy. He's, so much good things happen all the time for him. And I'm just like, yeah, he, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think that Brennan would not be on board, but Angela and Hodgins are on board this conversation. Mm. Yeah. Because they're totally making fun of Brennan. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh you I'm mean sure Booth. that there was some, or sorry, Booth and, sorry, Booth and Angela are totally making fun of Brennan. Right. Well, they're... that's before that happens, though, my favorite oh, conversation yeah. happens. This yeah. whole episode it actually made me cry i was like wow brennan yeah did this because make angela grow on you no it made brennan grow on me more than anything okay. um i was hopeful <laughs> i thought angela was very strong don't get me wrong like her she was great like michaela did an awesome job in this episode conveying all the emotions that she was going through it was really yeah. really good and she had a couple of really good scenes, especially with like the sheriff and the couple scenes she had with Brennan. I thought Brennan really showed up as a friend. And in this particular scene, I actually wrote down the script in this. I had to write this down the whole conversation because Angela is talking about how she's scared of never having another chance to have a meaningful relationship. Like she, she had with Kirk or could have had with Kirk if she had pursued their relationship further than it already was, you know, if he, she had married him and all that stuff. So she feels yeah. like she lost her chance to have a good relationship in her life. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is when Brennan says, Oh my God. <clears throat> Brennan says you will, like, she means you will get another chance. And Angela says, how can you be so sure? And then Brennan says, because nothing in this universe happens just once, Angela, nothing. Infinity goes in both directions. There's no unique event, no singular moment. And then Angela turns to her and says, I don't know what that means. Like she doesn't yeah. understand what she's saying. And then Brennan says, it means you'll get another chance. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, and then they hugged and it was just like, so touching and yeah. I was so moved. Like the fact that Brennan had that kind of insight. Yeah. And it's very unusual for her. Well, the whole episode, she was really there for Angela, like you said, and just showed up and like, yeah, made no bones about it and was available to her really emotionally available, yeah. which is very rare. It was it was a very good episode to help show Brennan being there for Angela, because I think Angela is always trying to be there for Brennan. Doesn't do a good job of it most of the time, but she tries, but we don't see it going the other direction very often. So I think that was a really, really good conversation. I'm glad that you wrote that down. Oh, I couldn't, I just couldn't get over it. I rewound it. I put my dictation volume up. So it just basically recorded on my computer so I could record the whole conversation. Cause I just thought it was yeah. amazing. And this is when Booth comes in our comic relief 
And, uh, yes. you know, they're talking about the apparition and then Brendan says, oh, she starts doing this rational scientific explanation for the apparition. And Boo's like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Of course it was totally, totally yeah. that Brennan. And Angela's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. It was completely rational explanation for my apparition. The only rational explanation. <laughs> yeah. And then Brennan looks at them. She's like, are, are you guys making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> wait a second it is interesting they booth comes in he does when he comes in he does give some information about the case which is helpful yeah. right. so we learn that kellogg was the one who pulled the trigger on kirk so the fact that when they walked in remember kellogg was all like oh yeah i know he's missing and he's like oh he's dead really <laughs> like he did a pretty good job of acting that he didn't know yeah which helped and Booth gives Angela credit for finding basically her. saving Danny's life. Yeah, he, she found her. It's really amazing. It's oh. sad, but it's it. They really um, helped to, honey. The character building was insane. Yeah, like how much the characters like. I just could not get over it. Could not get it over really it. Good. Okay, so did you like this episode? I was going to ask you the same thing. I like it. Mm -hmm. I think it was a very serious episode, but a very important one because we have not taken Angela seriously for a very long time. Yeah. I think that we needed this pivot for her. Mm -hmm. How about you? Well, there were a couple of things I really thought were interesting. First of all, I was going to ask you earlier, do you know how to use a compass? Yes. Really? Maybe you can teach me because I honestly don't know how to use a compass. I think I do. I went to like <laughs> wilderness camp when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure. So did I. And I got lost. So there you go. <laughs> well, they gave me a compass and I was like, yeah, I have no fucking clue how to use it. <laughs> yeah, I love this compass. Looks great. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well also, that would have um, helped them what was i gonna say oh i hated this episode when i first saw it yeah yeah when i first saw it like whenever it was last year or whatever yeah i really hated it like with a passion and i don't know why i i can't remember why i just really hated angela maybe and then this time after i mean we have really anal analyzed these episodes and the characters and everything like that and i just felt like this time I just really was into the character development and I love that they had, I can't get over that. They had James Parks in this episode. Like, honestly, I thought it was really fascinating. And the examination of the friendship between Angela and Brennan, I appreciated because as you know, I've had real trouble with their friendship, like since the beginning. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And this to me was real. Like it was, this is, this is what friendship, especially female friendship. This yeah. is what it's about. Yeah. A hundred percent that they're actually supporting each other. Brennan actually like dropped everything for her mm -hmm. to go and just make sure that she was okay. And then helped solve the murder of her boyfriend, which is insane. I don't know. The I writing was very, very well done for this episode. I thought, I don't know. They, everybody showed up and I loved how the two plot lines were together. They weren't forced together. Yeah. It was super organic and natural. And yep. 
yeah, I just found it really, I loved it. I just love that. Like I said, the relationship between Brendan and Angela, the character development with Zach and Booth showing up with coffee, wearing linen and just like, I love a bag on Brennan's bed. Listen, I love when Booth is out of the office, man. He is loose. He's ready to go. He's having a good time. I just think it's great. I love it. (laughs) On that note, we love Booth. We love Booth. Well, we love them all, right? Oh, we do. For Hodges. No, we still love him. Boo. Anyway, on that note, thank you for listening. We really appreciate everyone coming along on this little fun jog we're going on. And I hope you join us next time on Squintcast. Squintcast. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins!